wanted to give a warning on this podcast that we do talk about suicide, that we do talk about uh, deeper issues with mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, We go a little bit deeper than our last podcast. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you're someone who knows someone who's committed suicide, who does struggle with mental health, just know that this podcast is um, about that subject matter. And uh, while I feel like we do give some direction if you are struggling with that just know that this is something that we do talk about and so because i i am candid and transparent not for the intent to discomfort or shock anybody um that's just sharing my story yeah um and where i'm at um so i'll yeah agree with nate that yeah there is some difficult things that i will share about myself yeah um that may be troubling to hear to process um but my goal is that you would um, be drawn closer to the Lord through hearing them progress on your journey. Uh, reach out to get help if you need help. Yeah. Um, that's where my heart's at with how I share things. Yep. So. Thank you, Jordan. And I really do appreciate your vulnerability Absolutely. in this podcast. All right. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on our podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife, Lacey, and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Uh, All right, I have my friend Jordan back with me. You are the first guest I've brought back. I don't know whether, I don't know how to take that. (laughs) Uh, If I'm back on the chopping block or... (laughs) I had a lot of issues with you, so I want (laughs) to... I needed to readdress some things. Oh, goodness. Well, needless to say, it is lovely to be back. I actually really appreciate you coming back. Um, my office is a bit different from the last time you we did our podcast together. It's true. We were out in the the garage. Yeah, it was, it was more. This is more atmospherized. I can breathe climate. in here. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no flooding rivers going. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> I called those my feng shui rivers. <laughs> They brought peace and clarity to me as I meditated yeah. upon them. Oh, my goodness. I <laughs> thought you were messing with me that those actually existed, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it, yeah. There's actual running water in here, not in pipes. No, no. <laughs> it, anytime it would rain, it would, there'd be this huge river mm. along my, along the wall. I mean, it was a garage, so, I mean, it, like, it didn't necessarily ruin yeah. anything, but, True. you know, it, it was just, I had to pull up the carpet a few times. and oh, dude. Yeah. You can ask my wife, stuff getting wet or damp triggers my anxiety so badly. Why? Like, what is that? I don't know. It's anytime something gets, we had a water leak in our storage unit when we were in between houses, moving from granite to burn it. Okay. And I was beside myself, just worried about things getting wet. And Kelsey's like, a little dry. Yeah. Right? There's no reason to have anxiety and to be the way that I was about it, but it's one of those things, and especially if books get wet. Oh, dude. Okay, hold on, though. That That's near and dear to my heart. Dude. That's, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. Even just a thought, I need to pray for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's a few books. I, I've literally taken pictures of some of our library. Have you been in our house? I have not. No. So we have a, we have a legit library. Dude. It's... um. One, two, three, four, five, six bookshelves. That's awesome. Um, it, it, me and Lacey love books. It was the one thing. We sold all of our furniture when we moved here, but kept one-third of our books. I support that. That's one-third of our books. We had to sell so many. We were so sad. Dude, how was it moving all that? We did, um, we did book rate, shipped it book rate. It took six uh-huh. to eight weeks, but it was actually not expensive at all. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah. Because you could do you could do media mail, which takes longer, but it's also like a third of the cost of normal shipping. Yeah. So yeah. just shoved them in boxes and then shipped them off. Man. Uh, we like we like books. We like reading. Mm-hmm. We like knowledge, and we like to be able to look in the back and see the bibliography, mm-hmm. and and make sure the bibliography doesn't change, like on Wikipedia. Do you know what my most recent book was that I bought? But the 16th edition of the Chicago Manual of Style. Okay. That's how that's how neurotic and nerdy I can be. Like to where I have to I have to have things like that. I I deeply appreciate that actually because when I was writing on love, I researched. I can't tell you how many books I looked through 
looking at the style of footnote and how different authors utilize it in it, whether it's Chicago style, whether it, you know, it, looking through what's the most, not just best bibliography way of, of mm-hmm. presenting what you're quoting, but style. Like, how does the style look? How does the... It depends know. on the kind of book I'm reading, how I like it formatted. Sure. Yeah, very different, but yeah. I love footnotes. I love, I love footnotes. Dude. There's so much you can figure out in footnotes. You and I... You, I that's how I figure out the next books that I intend to study and to yeah, purchase yeah. is yep. footnotes. And That's exact. Okay. Okay. I wanted to, I feel like I can be honest with you. <laughs> um, more and more. I'm like, <laughs> um, oh, speaking of which, I have a YouTube channel recommendation for you. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I can't tell you how many people have read, <clears throat> read my book and I'm like super thankful. I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, and they're like. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what we're talking about in discussion, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I had one footnote in there. And they're like, you had footnotes? I'm like, oh. oh. So much time was spent in <laughs> I will say you miss half, ha- at least half of what I'm presenting oh, if you're not reading my footnotes. That's Dude. something. Okay. So I've gotten addicted to this one YouTube channel. It's called Mr. Ballin. And he just tells hmm. short stories. Concerning uh, just so he uh, he does more like the strange, weird uh, uh, crime stuff. Okay. Um, so I was gonna say that's not a endorsement for all of our audience. This is I'm just talking to Jordan right now. Okay, <laughs> nobody else is here. Um, it's a fantastic. He was a former Marine. He okay. his friend actually worked with um, Free Burma Rangers. Oh wow! I'm trying to remember what is that guy's name. <laughs> Shoot. With Free Burma Rangers? Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, honestly. Oh, I feel embarrassed. I actually feel embarrassed. I can't remember their names. Hmm. Um, anyways, so his friend was, like, one of the guys who helped in Syria. Um, mm-hmm. But, dude, I think knowing the conversations you and I have had, I feel like... Remind me of that after we're done talking. Oh. It'll happen too. It's cool. one of the few channels I've watched every single video. <laughs> That's awesome. And he releases three to four times a week. <laughs> so, oh wow, considerable investment. Yes, but it's you know it, you know what's really fun though is because you don't actually have to watch the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's short stories. It's like short, real, true stories. Mm-hmm. And so I I'll be working around the house and just have it playing and you know so I, I I'm doing other stuff. Right. It's not like I'm investing hours. Well, no way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do devotions to that. I'm listening to the story. <laughs> Sorry. That was too good. Wow. Um, dude, so last time we talked, uh, we had a great conversation about mental health, mm-hmm. about theology, depression. Um, I, there's, and I re-listened to the podcast to see, like, man, what are some areas that I wanted to revisit? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the first one... That immediately came to mind is I have both of us went to Bible school, Mm -hmm. college, Bible camp. um, (laughs) It was an expensive camp. (laughs) (laughs) We did did not play capture the flag. I'm really disappointed. (laughs) So uh, one of the things that, you know, when I'm talking to friends of mine who are not as familiar with theological terms, theological ideas, mm-hmm. you know, um, we'll be talking and I, if they're brave, they'll like raise their hand and be like, wait, what are you talking about? If they're, if they just, but otherwise they just kind of glass over. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, for those who listened to the previous podcast, uh, will you define for me, we talked about two types of theologies or two views of God. One was, called a Calvinist view mm-hmm. of God, and one was called an Arminianist view of God. Mm-hmm. Um, can you maybe sum those up so that people are like, now 13 plus episodes later, they can have clarity? <laughs> um, for the sake of brevity and simplicity, um, Calvinism is, you're, if you've heard of Calvinism, you've likely heard the word predestined, predetermined. Um, if you've heard of Arminian, then you have likely heard the phrase um, free will or free human will, um, just will, not in terms of God, but in terms of people. So 
Calvin think that everything's decided? Arminian think that, hey, I've got a little more of a choice and there's a little more flexibility. Yeah. Whenever I think the association I make in my head with Calvinism is, um, and this may not be a fair assessment, but rigid. Okay. Um, and towards Arminian, I would think more, <clears throat> more fluid, more flexible. Um, and like we talked before we started, um, I think the issue if people dig and are a little bit more transparent, uh, their struggles with Arminian would be the flexibility there and the, yeah. the human play in that I think worries people and gets them scared and justifiably so sure. um, because people have a pretty rough track record of messing stuff up, right? Yeah. Um, and like you also, we also mentioned with Calvinism, there's a lot more the the structure and the certainty with some things. Um but that also, to me, presents some different, I don't want to say issues, but presents some different things to think about and how you view how you view God, how you view evangelism, how you view just relationships in general. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm always hesitant to just land real solidly on a specific camp. Um, but so are you are you saying that you just believe the Bible? I just do my very best to follow Jesus, and I trust that the Spirit is present within me. <laughs> I, I love I love those arguments. Like I'm just I'm not going to enter debate. I just I just am going to believe the Bible. It's like no, that's that's what we're talking about. We're, talk, we're talking about the Bible. That's literally yes, talking yeah. about the Bible. To um, be okay, so to make it, I'm going to muddy the water a bit. Okay, mm-hmm. a Calvinist would say, no, we believe in freedom of the will, but that will has been. Uh, in bondage to sin. So mm-hmm. you are free to choose sin. So they would they would technically believe in a, a, a freedom of the will in mm-hmm. so much as it's all rebellious to God. Mm-hmm. And you can choose all of that. Would that be... I know I'm, like I said, muddying the waters a bit, but... I don't know um, if I would necessarily have a problem with that. Okay. Honestly, okay. Um, because I think if we're if we're left to our own devices every time we talked about Jeremiah seventeen mm-hmm. uh, briefly as well, I think left to our own devices, we'll choose the wrong thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a redeemed, transformed follower of Jesus, then it's going to be there's a little more likelihood that you're going to choose the right thing. Okay, you know, based off of where you're at and your your journey. Um, so. Those things, honestly, to let you know where I'm at, those things to me are fun to talk about and debate yeah. and discuss. They're they're not salvation critical, right? Me. Okay, you Thank know, you. Um, and, yes. and not to de- not to demean people who've invested so much time in those things. I, I I'm very I appreciate the scholarship, the dedication, the time spent, the people who sacrifice so much for those kind of things. But in terms of what salvation critical. Um, I wouldn't say that determining whether or not you adhere to tulip, yeah, or your views on free will, you, you know, you know, I which lo- I mean, I know that that may be some may disagree with me, sure. Um, but I I love that. To me, I look at those scholars, the people, and it's the same thing with translators. It's the same thing with people who dig into what I would call deeper theology. You mm-hmm. know, to me, I look at it as that's. Their love language to God, right? Mm, it, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, it, it's like that's what they're passionate about. I'm passionate about. I would call it like maybe practical theology or relational theology. Mm-hmm. Like that's where that that's what gets me. Like, okay, how does this like apply to my life? How does this you know apply yeah. to us? But some people's love language would be, man, what's the what's the origin of that Greek word, and why did Paul use yeah. it here? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. their brain is just wired that way. I don't know. I, yeah. I, that's why I really appreciate them and, and whoever, whatever side, you know. Um, no, the reason I bring that back up is because I wanted to ask you maybe more, talk a little bit more about how your view, how has your views of God, I'll say your study of God, theology, impacted your view of him over the years and and how maybe more specifically how you've related to him 
like how that's changed over the years. I think um, I was brief background. I was raised in the church. I don't remember a time in my upbringing or family life that church didn't play a part in the way our family operated. So I honestly cannot recall a time to where I ever didn't have God in a season. Um, and so I, I used to be, um, I used to be very fearful of him. I always okay. thought I was going to be in trouble um, because I, I was taught that, you know, we're sinful human beings and we need Jesus um, to redeem us. And I always kind of the culture that I was in was very, um, I was kind of bred to, to be fearful of him. Like I was going to disappoint him. I was, my sin was going to upset him. He, I was going to be disciplined. Um, and growing up and maturing, I was realizing, you know, that there is way more grace and love and forgiveness than I was initially watered down with. Mm. Um, and then through my undergrad study and grad study, um, it just almost completely, it was a, there were a few things that were big paradigm shifts in the way that I viewed him. Um, namely just how much he loves me, which I, I have no, I don't think the human mind or heart can really grasp that. Um, well, you know, you know, it's in, um, is it Ephesians chapter three, where Paul, the prayer Paul prays to the Ephesian church. There's two prayers in there. Mm-hmm. The first, cha- in the first chapter and the second prayer is, my prayer for you is that you would know the height, the breadth, the width, the depth mm-hmm. of God's surpassing love and that he would give you the Holy Spirit to be able to understand that. Hmm. Right? Like that, like we, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we're capable of understanding how deep his love is for us. Mm-hmm. So much so, he says, tell you what, <laughs> I'm going to give you myself. Right. To, so that you can grasp just the little bit that I am yeah. going to show you. In which that's been another striking thing that I've learned about him in the most recent season um, is being a dad. I've got two young boys. Um, my oldest is almost three. My youngest is about to be nine months. Um, fathoming how a father could sacrifice his son for people who hate him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's been another one. It's like goodness um i'm again it's like i think i'll get grasp on things god's good about this like it's like okay i i I read a lot i study a lot i'm like okay i'm getting more of a handle on this and then he's like "Eh, you don't have it you know and then back to calvinism arminian um i think we find comfort in things that we can manage and put inside boxes yeah um and i know that that's a far-reaching thing but um and that's and then back to him being like, you don't have the handle you think you do. That's where, you know, faith and trust yeah. comes yeah. in. Um, and it's not like, it, I think sometimes we can, it, there's a pendulum swing mm-hmm. to where it's like, <clears throat> you know, we can swing to one side going, I think I understand it. I'm good. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm never changing. This is dogma now for me. And then something happens where we're like, oh, no. <laughs> and we go to this yeah. other side of going, you know what? If I ever understand God, then he's no longer God. Like, I'm just going to, yeah, no. But I think there's a healthy tension in going, you know what? I do think he's given us some stuff we can, we can cling to, we can grasp mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And at the same time recognizing, ah, you know what? I, I just, I still don't, I'm, I'm still comfortable with the mystery, yeah. you know, and kind of like, I think we can somewhere in the middle find that tension of, uh, like, like you and I were just talking about scripture. No, you know what? I, I'm, I feel fairly confident about some scriptures that I've that I've read, mm-hmm. like in, in my understanding of them. Not in a proud, it's in a box now way, mm-hmm. but in no, in my clarity of what I understand God's character to be. I think this makes sense to me, mm-hmm. right? Well, recognizing there's some scripture, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm not even going to read that yet because <laughs> I'm not ready to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, because just that that mystery that's still there that I'm like, ah. Right. It's funny. Kelsey and I were talking last night, and I was like, it's hard for me to believe, like, with the resources that we have available. You know, we were talking about the early church. We watched The Chosen. Yeah. So it's like they oh, dude. they had, which is a great show, by the way, shameless yeah. plug, season finale of season two. <laughs> uh, I. 
I, we're I still, watching it Sunday. I just remember looking at Kelsey and I was like, oh, I'm not going to say it. But it's like the, the resources that we have available, and I'm like, Kelsey, they, they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have commentaries. Yep. They were reading scrolls in different houses. And, yeah. and it was like, it's hard for me to think the resources that we have available today, the means of communication, how quickly we can transmit ideas, record them, push them out. Oh, dude. It's like, how much more can we learn? I was like, it's hard for me to recognize that, you know, we're going to be able to, you know, progress significantly further in our understanding of God, the origins of the faith, and so many other things. And she was like, I don't think we've scratched the surface. And I went, oh, she's like, I think essentially God's just beginning. Like, there's so much more that he's going to reveal to us. Yeah. And I was like, that's, it was, it was a really powerful conversation. I was like, honey, that... That just, that, that's my blog. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. How much less do I need the Holy Spirit? Because I have all of these resources. Mm. I, and I don't mean that in a positive yeah. way. I, I'm saying, hmm. how much less do I rely upon? Uh, I got to get that author. I read that one book one time. That was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I, you know what? I just need to go back and you know, read again. To me, and I think maybe the way my brain is wired, I'm more apt to do that mm-hmm. than I am to sit back and go, God, what do you want to tell me today? What do you want to show me today? Right. You know what? Like, that one's hard for me to swallow because, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I love academics, um, and I oh, appreciate yeah. all the things that we go like into them. We like footnotes, man. Dude, I love Come footnotes. Come on. I love footnotes. But it's like we part of that conversation that Kelsey and I had last night was the ivory tower and explaining to her what the ivory tower is. And mm-hmm. it's like I, I took a hiatus from higher education because I didn't see – a great deal of people bridging the gap. And I was like, honey, I really don't see the point. Yeah. If you're not loving people and sharing the gospel, I was like, I don't see the point. I was like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have the Bible I do. I wouldn't have all these other resources I do if there weren't men and women who dedicated their lives to putting in the time and effort for those kind of things to come about. But I was like, at the end of the day, um, N.T. Wright is one of my favorite theologians, and I've been blessed to have met him in person. And there was no doubt in my mind that being one of the most preeminent academics in the world, he loves people and yeah. he loves Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of God used that as a spark to be like, it's doable. Yep. It's just, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's hard not to become elevated on an ivory tower and want to step back down once right. you've written books and you're well studied and it's, and it's, it's pride. And so do you, I was going to say, do you think that, you know, I feel like, I feel like every, every person is an expert in a, area simply by nature of experience, but then I'll add to that gifts that God's given them, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Um, and when I look at, like, uh, we've both met people where it's like, oh, please, please don't call yourself a Christian. You're making me look bad. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not, that doesn't happen. But I think, you know, like we were saying with, with academics and looking at the body of Christ as a body, mm-hmm. you know, going, okay, some people are the brains and have no idea maybe how to walk this out. They're mm-hmm. not the feet, you know, and it, but it, it does give the feet something to mm-hmm. move in line with, does, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like that, that in and of itself, like being for myself, being able to have that perspective, to me, I'd be like, chop off the feet. Chop off the hands, like I'm. I'm totally about chopping off body parts, um, but wreck it. Like starting to recognize what is the value of 
that person? Mm-hmm. What is the value of that person? Mm-hmm. And, okay, maybe they're not an expert in relationships for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But, man, they, they seem to be able to study some stuff out and have yeah. incredible revelation on stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I look, at, I look at one of my favorites. One of my favorite preachers and uh, devotional writers, Wesley, John Wesley. Mm-hmm. Horrible marriage. Horrible, really? horrible. I haven't studied too much into his. They would take newspaper advertisements out on each other. Like, it was... Oh, goodness. Oh, dude. And she, like, one time was, like, seen dragging him, like, by his hair down the street. Like, it was... How long was his hair? I'm just kidding. I mean, it was, pretty, it was actually really long. No. So, like, a horrible marriage. Oh, but goodness. he has some incredible revelation about God. Right? Wesley's mm-hmm. Methodism, dealing with moving in the Holy Spirit, like a lot of these mm-hmm. preachers had. And, and so it's recognizing, hey, they're... They they have their own struggles as well, right? right? And taking, like you're saying, the academics, I bet you that does come with a lot of struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're an expert in concrete, and the abstract is probably freaking you out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and vice versa, like those who are like, just have the Holy Spirit move, and we just got to be free. And it's like, yeah, also there's a schedule. <laughs> Um, you said nine nine o'clock. It's ten thirty. But it's like, it, yeah, exactly. It, and I feel, I bet you, they feel enslaved. Mm. You know, where the concrete person is like, no, that's chaos. Right. The abstract person's like, no, that's prison. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a, I, man, I yeah, I it's to me learning how much people can contribute to my life has been a massively difficult journey because I'm so, like I said, I love judging people and I love cutting buddy parts off like that. Hmm. It's a, well, not, not in real life. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Back to forensic files. Right. Yes, <laughs> no. So, uh, okay. So with this, with this view of God and we've, we've talked some about like struggles that you've had, addictions and, and dealing with mental health. I want you to, can you talk about your struggle with addiction mm-hmm. and how, how that view of God has been beneficial to you? Like as you've matured in, in what you know about God's character, what you've experienced with his love, mm-hmm. how has that contributed to your freedom? And what does that mean for you today? Are you, I mean, are you still an addict? Are you, you know, uh, I'm assuming you still have temptations. So does that mean you're still square one? Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah, in, in terms of the, the significant struggles <laughs> that I went through um, later in my 20s, um, I'm 33, for those listening and watching who don't know. Um, it, um just over five years detached from some things and in the, in the middle of those struggles and different things that I was going through, um, it it was, there wasn't really any good thoughts that happened. Um, there was some good stuff going on that I just wasn't aware of and didn't know about. Um, but in retrospect, thinking back on it, um, what I learned about myself was that I'm, not to be cliche, but I am in desperate need of a savior. Hmm. And it, it, as desperate as you can be, because left to my own devices, I mean, I, I had it planned out. I, w- I was going to take my own life, either by my own hand or by some other means. Um, and that I, had I not received intervention of sorts, both physical and spiritually, um, I'd be dead. But oh, um, hold on, I want to get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why was that better? Why was that a better option for you? I couldn't think of existence outside of what I was going through. I was so tunnel visioned in that this is my life. I can't stop this. I, I don't want to. I won't. Like, I, th- this is it. And it's like I, nothing else. Like, if, if you try to get me to think of something outside of this, I'll choose death. And are you talking about addiction or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Varying addictions. Um, yeah. Um, because it, when you're in that 
atmosphere in that environment that that's it yeah. that's that's all that's going through your head and it takes spiritual movements um and then also people that are spiritually in tune to step in and do what they need to to help you see that um and so what what i learned about um like i said is i, I was in desperate need of a savior mm-hmm. desperate um because left to my own devices i wouldn't be here um and then in terms of my identity walking through the recovery process, it's like I am no longer like, yes, that, that was part of my story and it was a very significant yeah. part, yeah. Um, but that's not my identity. And that's one of the reasons I, I absolutely love Cultivate. It was very difficult to walk through for Kelsey and I when we first started. Um, but my, my identity is not that. Yeah. It, it's, it's really simple. My identity was this. Now it's this. Yeah. It's in Jesus. And my identity, according to what a just and loving God says, is I'm clean. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a, a suicidal addict or alcoholic. Yeah. I'm not um, you know, just a, a wretched person. I am a clean, spotless new creation. Yeah. Um, and we're in that interesting struggle that, you know, we're still sinful human beings, but we're redeemed and it's like that's where the Holy Spirit comes in that we need him and you know till the second coming. What um so the story of of the guys running around the graveyard naked cutting themselves <clears throat> i i was joke that they didn't wake up one day going hey this seems like a fun idea it's <laughs> probably some other things we should, we should do that <laughs> what do you think yeah. like what kind of a small group do you have to be in to be like so i have this idea what do you we're going to the cemetery guys <laughs> <laughs> You have to get naked. Hold on. Bear with me. And then we're going to start cutting ourselves. Um, okay. So with, with that, I don't believe, you know, th- our struggles are something that we wake up going, this seems like a good idea. What was that process for you? Why? Because I, I, I can't imagine you did that. You woke up one day going... I think I'm going to be an addict. I think this seems like a good idea. Well, why? Why did you get to that place? Um, I'll give a disclaimer. My, uh, I was raised in, a, like I said, a, a very Christian home. I made that comment already um, by two very loving parents that I've, I've honestly never doubted whether or not they loved me. Yeah. Um, so there, that being said, it, there were some different things mentally that I, I'm not sure the source that um, put the pressure on me to feel like I had to perform. I okay. had to be a certain way, go to a certain school, do certain things, have different athletic achievements. Um, so I think, you know, getting exposed to substances and different things and different environments and people um, and things that mask themselves as fun and feel good, I'm not realizing the things that are taking hold and what subconsciously I'm attaching to um, to get that sense of validation and that good feeling. Yeah. Um, and then also there were some pretty significant broken relationships in my early 20s that is a response to the pain that I felt from those. I was like, okay, I'll just numb everything, okay. right? And that's a pretty yeah. cliche and a common one that a lot of people choose substance for um, is to numb stuff. You don't want to feel it uh, well, it's feeling's it's a, hard. Yeah, I was going to say it's a so. stereotype for a reason. And I think, yeah. you know, and I mm-hmm. think that's anything that we bond ourselves to, mm-hmm. whether it's pornography, alcohol, drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, codependency, uh, mm-hmm. independency, um, mm-hmm. whatever it is that we bond ourselves to, I think is out of that. It's out of, uh, I don't like feeling this way, so I'm going to do mm-hmm. something to feel a different way, you know? Right. Yeah, okay. and so it was a combination of internal pressures and stuff I put on myself, some broken relationships, and then... I have a very addictive personality by nature, and so whenever you expose yourself to those substances and different things, it's like, it's just going to be bad from there on. And mine, it took years to develop. Um, it took it took a, a little bit, but once, you know, some... It, it was funny, it wasn't always, you know, just black all the time. Yeah. You know, there were some red flags that everybody around me saw, sure. I didn't. Um, but then it's like all of a sudden I reached a point mentally to where I I realized what I was going through and who I was at that time. And I was like, oh no, 
Um, but I don't want to stop, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to. And that's what I already made the comment. Um, it's either I'm either going to continue with this or I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a potentially difficult question for you. I think because um, I I think we've gone past on. No, no. Well, it's <laughs> I don't want to make it. I don't want to make you. Uh, judge someone else's motives but I guess maybe the question I have for you is we you know we both believe in a this kind of gets back to theology mm-hmm. we do believe in a sovereign God we do believe in a God who is relational mm-hmm. why would he choose Jordan to save why would he choose you to come out of addiction mm-hmm. but not someone else and they do commit suicide and they do go down that self-destructive road of, of maybe addiction and die from overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, what's so different about you? Why would you, why? I have my, I have my own thought, but I want to hear what you're, I want to. Honestly, I, I asked my que- I asked myself that question quite a bit. It's because being in that, Having gone through the things that I went through, I know more people succumb to it and have lost their lives than people. Um, well, I mean, there's a fair amount of people that have recovered too that I still know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, what did that 18 year old kid do to yeah. have a, an end like that? And that's honestly something I still struggle with. I just, what I've come to peace with is God brought me through that. <coughs> He's brought me out of it. Now, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Like, that's, that's honestly the only thing I can really do is just take the the story that God has given me and do everything I can uh, to, you know, by his power to give him glory and bring people to him with it. Yeah. You know, as simple as that is. But I don't know. Um, I mean, because I, I go back to my wife a lot because she's my best friend, so we yeah. talk all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Kelsey and I have talked. It's like, why do, why do certain people have to go through certain horrible things? Why do young parents have to lose their baby at, yeah. eight months old it's like yeah. what in the world did that eight month old baby to do you know yeah. and it's like I, I don't know and it makes me angry sometimes when I think about it it, it honestly does um, at the end of the day I think I think God is a good God who loves his children um, beyond what we can comprehend like we've already said um, and honestly I just don't know why some people are chosen for that end um, and why I was given victory over it um, I don't okay. know why some spend the rest of their lives in prison. You know, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. All right, let me ask it this way. Mm-hmm. What did you have to choose to be where you're at today? From, from yeah. the addict that you were to who you are today, what are choices you've had to decide? Like, okay, I'm going down this road. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, like I said, it was basically an intervention. I didn't stop on my okay. record. Um, it, w- it was in a, an intervention, <clears throat> divine, and um, with people being like, a, we love you too much to see you kill yourself. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine, and was drug yeah. um, into that. And then there's just this one moment with this one person that just looked at me, and I, it was probably the lowest possible point I could have been physically and mentally and um just seeing the way that they looked at me being as rough as I was yeah um and they didn't they didn't care not not in a bad way they just they looked at me and there there was just so much love and acceptance and mm-hmm. I was like okay there's people out here I mean that's God used that person to show me that he absolutely you know and he's, it's like if there's still that much love and acceptance for me, then there's still something to be done. Um, and it, it is a, a daily thing. Yeah. I, I yeah. consciously each day have to, like, okay, this is what we're going to do today. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. making uh, any statements about how real the struggle is, to, like, today, right? Like, it, yeah. it, and I would say the same thing. Of course I'm... There's always the temptation, Nate, you should go, you should go on your computer, you should go look at, you should go, you know what I'm saying. There's always that temptation. Um, But you, 
But I mean, even like with that that moment with that person looking at you, did you have to make a choice to be like, I'm trusting what they're saying. I'm trusting that that love that they have for me is real. Because I feel like that has to be in there. Otherwise... Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I guess I, I did make that choice. Like, okay, I'll see if what you're doing right now is real. Right. And then, you know, as days went on, it's like, okay, it is. And I think... Right. And I think the reason I'm asking that is when I think of people who, who are in that moment, who are in that, that time of struggle, and I even, even for myself with pornography, the same, mm-hmm. you know, same thing, and I've had thoughts of, well, my, this disease that I have is going to kill me anyways. We might as well, <laughs> you know, get her done. Um, The humbling of yourself and that recognition, I think, I, I think you come to a point of, I have to trust that my own thoughts are not reality. Hmm. I have to trust maybe someone outside of my brain is seeing a, a more real mm-hmm. perspective than myself, you know? And it's that humbling of yourself going, okay, I'm going to release control and give it over to someone else. Now, I think we do that in our relationships. Okay, like the person you, you said who came to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to release control and trust, and trust them with my life, mm-hmm. right? And to me, I, I see that as an impetus, of uh, the catalyst to making the ultimate release of going, okay, God, I'm giving you everything mm-hmm. you know um and i think the reason i i ask that is to me that humbling of yourself is such a huge key in freedom yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying and, and, mm-hmm. and continued freedom mm-hmm. uh, you've said it so many times i've had to trust kelsey i've had mm-hmm. to Entrust her with my life. Trust her motives. Trust the words that she's saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I think the reason I'm doubling down on this, drilling down on this, is that thing. I think so many people give up because they're unwilling to release. They're unwilling yeah. to to say, "Okay, I'm going to trust something outside of myself." And and rather than ending it. I'm tapping out mentally, meaning I'm I'm giving I'm yeah. giving up my what I view as my truth, right? my reality. Yeah. Um, I guess can so like with that, can you speak to how you've had to release things to be where you're at today? Like be and and be as specific as you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but also be specific. And we know people's stories. We know everyone has specifics. Mm-hmm. And just what are things that you've had to be like? Ah, okay, I'm give, giving this up for the sake of freedom. I'm giving this up for the sake of relationship. Yeah, I think one of the, the biggest things initially in the journey is you just have to change your environment. You have to change your surroundings. Oh, so good. You change, okay. your, change, your, change the people that you're around. Um, and that, that was hard because you form some, some bonds with certain people Absolutely. and things. You know, yeah. that, that was difficult. And so, the, it, and then... That continued, you have to make a conscious, I had to make a conscious effort to be like, okay, I'm not to the point yet that I can go to this place because there's certain things there, people there, stuff like that. So, okay, I I want to go there, but I can't. So what can I do that's still going to give me, we learn a lot about uh, coping mechanisms and things. And another big part of my personality is I'm a runner. And some people see it as kind of a a jockey kind of thing, which it is. I'm a gear guy. I love my gear and stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is a, God has used running as a very integral part of uh, bringing me back to sanity. Um, yeah. And I, I, I pray a lot when I run. Um, yeah. I talk to the Lord deeply when I run because it's, I don't run with music anymore because God showed me, he's like, hey, you don't need music right now. I'm not condemning music while you're running at all. Just no, no, me. no. But that's um, what, that's. It, he's it, like, it, I'm going to use this. Yeah. To because whenever you're running, it it hurts. Like it, it honestly, there's some parts that are not fun, and he's found me in some of those points. But so good. All that to say is, um, 
yeah, I, you have to learn, like, I had to change those environments. I had to find ways to be like, okay, I know that I'm feeling like I need something right now, yeah. right? And it's like, what can I, what are my healthy outlets, yeah. right? You know, prayer is a huge one. Running was a big one. And then if I needed some, I surrounded myself with people that I could talk to that I trusted, which that was a big thing for me was I didn't trust anybody because I was so dishonest for so long. Sure. It was very difficult for me to trust people even coming out of that. And it's still, um, today I'm a wholly different person with that. But in those first few years, it's like, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to yeah. keep it bottled up to yeah. just me and a few people and that's it. And Kel's, um, asking me, um, are you comfortable sharing stuff you've been through? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am now. I was like, I don't care who knows. Yeah. And she was like, why? And I was like, because it, I could save someone, not me, but somebody's life could be saved. Yeah. Like, oh, they've been through exactly what I'm going through. But anyway, I'm rabbit trailing. I do actually want to pause there because I think (laughs) our willingness to share our story has two outcomes. One, it solidifies my own freedom. Every person I tell, I'm free from pornography. Mm-hmm. It solidifies, no, this is my reality right now. Like, this is what God has done. Mm-hmm. And it's a solidification of me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, talking about uh, John. In John, I think it's three, whatever's kept in the dark, the enemy has power over. If I bring it to the light, no longer has power over me. So, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, my struggle has been pornography. That's what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Brings more freedom to me. Also, though, it brings freedom to other people. Exactly mm-hmm. to your point. Hey, I used to be an addict. Okay. Your story of freedom, my story of freedom out of pornography, people's stories out of freedom of isolation, of codependency, it reveals a common struggle. Oh, you struggle with that, and you seem to be doing well. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? <laughs> right? Like yeah. you invite that conversation of, let me tell you, supernaturally and very specifically, mm-hmm. things I had to do to be free. Yeah. Um, Which those things that I did early on just became habit. I don't think about them anymore. Yeah. You know, they become part yeah. of your daily routine. So right. it, initially it may seem laborsome. Um, oh, it seems like it, it's the end of the world. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> but now I don't even think about it. Yeah. It's like if I'm having a rough moment, I'll be like... It's awesome being married. Um, I can't begin to tell you how much I love that woman, dude. Oh, my goodness. You know I'm a, I'm you a huge... Bringing, you keep bringing that up. Um... Ah, she's honestly... <laughs> Can you please stop talking about your wife right now? No, I I'm never will. <laughs> Kelsey Elizabeth Cornelius no, is the most incredible human being in my life. Here's um, your social security number here, sir. <laughs> dude. But, you know, it's just in you, that connection you form with them. I just, I'll look at her and she'll yeah. know exactly what yeah. I need. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, well, it's it's that to me, honestly, is one of the most vital things is having someone in your life who can look at you and you mm-hmm. immediately are like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> they know. Or it's like if I don't realize that I need something, she'll look at me and I'll be like, okay, fine. Yeah. I know what I need to do. What am I? Stop looking at me like that. No. One of the worst <laughs> and best things my wife has ever asked me. I was, I was just like in a you know disappointed mood and just mm-hmm. my woes right mm-hmm. and she's like she looks at me and goes so how long are you gonna let your pet demons like play with your pet demons and i was like you're so mean she's like i mean am i wrong yeah yeah Kelp has a, a very unique sense of humor i can say it that way <laughs> Yeah. Um, she's oftentimes very perceptive of how I need to be approached. Yeah. yeah. But then sometimes she's like, just stop. Yeah. And I'm like, and okay, I think, fine. She's like, you'll feel better. Just, yeah. You know, just stop. And I think, yeah, the importance of having people in our life, whether it's a spouse, whether it's friends that we open yeah, ourselves right. up to, having having someone in our life, it's to be, I mean, a, a very vivid picture of that mm-hmm. is Peter and Judas. Mm. Right? Judas didn't open himself up to his friends. Mm. Right? He he got he isolated, committed suicide. Right. Peter, who did the same thing, they both betrayed Jesus. Peter gets back into 
relationship mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> and you see you see the pain there right you see his struggle especially when he gets to uh i think it's first peter four or five where he's talking about hey god can redeem you back and then he he equips you he encourages you he empowers mm-hmm. you right you almost see this flashback to him on the mountain when jesus is saying do you love me you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that, that inviting back. But it's because right. Peter made the choice to get back into relationship. Mm-hmm. And that, that being said, even if like I, I didn't always have my wife. So beforehand it was having those key friends and yeah. other family members. So yep. just you don't have yep. to get married. To no, get, that, you know, that's what I'm saying is that, yeah, that whoever it is yeah. to be vulnerable with. But again, it goes back to you did have to make the choice mm-hmm. to trust that person outside of what you were feeling. Mm-hmm. I feel very much this way. I'm alone. There is no hope. Mm-hmm. And yet you're looking at someone's eyes and they're like, hey, we still love you. Come yeah. on. Right. Which that, that being said, if, if you're listening or watching and you need someone to look at you with that sense of worth, honestly, get a hold of me. Yeah. Because I, I can assure you, I know exactly the position yeah. that you're in. Yep. Just come talk to me, please. Um, yeah. Just to give you that assurance that you are worth still breathing. So. But it's, 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 to be honest, dude, I mean, the reason we felt so called to cultivate, to create this ministry was that. Mm-hmm. Both Lacey and I know our stories. <laughs> and we know, unfortunately, um, at least in our own story, how rare it was to find a ministry that I could say, hey, here's, <laughs> with colorful words and all, here's how I'm feeling, here's the struggle I'm at, I, d- mm-hmm. I genuinely don't believe anyone else can identify. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's, it's when you find people with that grace, with the ability not to judge, not to be like, oh, you shouldn't have that thought. Oh, a good Christian wouldn't say that about God. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things that you actually read about in the Psalms, <laughs> that's why we started Cultivate, is to be a safe place, a presence, to say, hey, no, God's love is so much bigger than any vulgarity, any mm-hmm. doubts, any accusations that you have against God. He's so much bigger than that. Yeah. And he loves you exactly to what we first started talking about. He loves you so much more than even the healthiest person can comprehend. Right. You know, um, no, thank you for that. Yeah, and, and absolutely, that's, that's why we exist. That is why Lacey and I do what we do, is we want people to know that overwhelming, the height, the breadth, the width, the depth of God's love. Um, yeah, so please, please, yes, if you're listening to this, shoot us an email, give us a call. Our contact page has all of our information. Let us know. Reach out. Genuinely reach out. Um, okay, so uh, maybe I'll, I'll end here. We'll see. We might go right <laughs> Um So tell me now, like, what is your perspective of yourself now as you're walking and living in freedom? I know it's, you know, we talked, it's, it's a... It could be a almost an hourly uh, reaffirming of God's love for you, people mm-hmm. love you, to sometimes, hey, oh, wow, it's been two, three months. I haven't even yeah. had a struggle. That's, that's fantastic. So what is your perspective now of the addict Jordan? Is that you? Who are you today? Um, what's the, yeah, how do you view I, yourself today? I don't, uh, Kels asked me that again recently, and it's funny that we're talking about this, because this is honestly still really fresh, because we just talked about it. Um, I, I don't even think of myself in that, and I've, I had to even almost retrain myself, um, because it's like, I, I know that I went through that, but I don't, I'm not identified by that anymore, so, um, my perception of myself today feels really good. Awesome. Uh, compared to what it has been. Um, and then, yeah, some days it's, I've got to take it minute by minute. And like, this just hurts today. And I'll get through the end of the day and I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, there's some times that Kelsey's like, are, are you good? And I was like, yeah, it's been a solid six months, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but no, my, the way that I look at myself now is just, there's a lot more confidence and not, um, 
not because of anything I've done. It's like I keep just bringing it back to what do I boast in? What do I have hope in? What's yeah. my confidence in? It's like it's it's in the cross and resurrection and the hope that Christ is coming back. Yeah. Um, and it's like, man, that feels good. And there's still struggles and difficulties, but, I mean, the Holy Spirit, bam, he's right there with me every day. Yeah. And it's like I'll, I'll have candid conversations with him because it's funny. I pray out loud now. That's a new thing for me um, over the last couple of years is I pray out loud when I'm by myself. Um, and then I'm just, I, I jokingly see the, uh, the, when I first started doing that, I wouldn't say everything out loud that was on my heart. And I'm like, he already knows. Yeah. So just go ahead and say it Yep. and just get it out there and work yep. through it. But, um, yeah, so it, it feels really good today and today's just a good day. Honestly, tomorrow may not be. Yeah. Um, but the cool yeah. thing about the, the roller coaster and the journey that I'm on is, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, is again, I think God gives us cliches because the human race is so stubborn. <laughs> we need cliches to be We're reminded so of certain things. <laughs> um, and it's like God is honestly and genuinely, I believe wholeheartedly, I will never be alone no matter what yeah. I walk through. And I have a sick, uh, a sick boy at home right now. And talking to Kels last night, I just broke down in tears because I felt so helpless. And it's like, you need to give that to him. That's what the point of this is. And yeah. it's like, do I trust yeah. God enough with my, my baby? And I, I just remember I prayed last night. I was like, God, just give it to me, please. Whatever sickness he has. He's like, you know, I've been through so much. I'm a, a healthy young man. Just give it to me. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. that being said, it's just the roller coaster's constant. The journey's ever-changing. But the the one constant amidst all of that changingness is he's faithful and he loves me. Yeah. And he's coming back. So. How important is it for you to celebrate wins? Like, because I think of, like, where you're at today. How important has it been for you to celebrate wins? <laughs> I, I had a five-year win recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Kelsey's like, you know, she she celebrates me more than I want to celebrate myself all the time. Sure. Um, I don't like celebrating birthdays or anything <laughs> at all. That's She's like, good. what do you want? I'm like, you know what? I want all my books. Good, good um, to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so, honestly, it's like, hey. You know, I'll, I'll take a high five kind of thing. It's, yeah. I don't have to have a big deal. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, I, and that's what I mean is like, because I, I like celebrate, like you said, you just had a five year. Mm -hmm. But even like, like you're saying today, even acknowledging today's a good day. Yeah, it's like, I think it's just that, that simple moment of gratitude. It's like, God, you did this. Yeah. Thank you. I want to yeah. live today. Um, just whatever that looks like, just glorifying you and edifying others and sharing the gospel, whatever that looks like. So you don't, yeah. you, you don't condone, maybe I'll say, ask it this way. You don't, what you're, what I hear you saying is you don't condone, condone people amidst a struggle, amidst a, an addiction, amidst all of this, just waking up, making sure they repeat to themselves, they're horrible and worthless and they, and they're just nothing. Right. Like that's, is that healthy? <laughs> and I, I want to tread carefully here because yeah. there's a, a tremendous amount of value in the recovery community with how things are done. And that's initially what God used to save my life. Okay. Um, I, my identity is in Jesus. So I don't need to wake up every morning and be like, my name is Jordan and I'm this. My yeah. name is Jordan and I'm this. Yeah. It's like, no. I'm a follower of Jesus. That's who I am. Have I been through some stuff? Yeah. But I don't need to wake up and remind myself of that. Yeah. You know, if, if something gets thrown into my head or on my heart, it's like, God took care of that. We're here today, and this is where we're at. Yeah. You know. Early on, what were some things, and I'm talking about first few hours, first few days mm -hmm. of you starting to make the choice to come out, to, to trust, like you are saying, the person who is looking at you in your eyeballs face to face what were some things that you had to uh, and I'll use the word celebrate or affirm or acknowledge mm -hmm. that were I mean probably the most minuscule of wins early on how yeah. did I celebrate those wins early on yeah like what were some of those wins and I'm talking about the most minuscule breathing okay because there was a pretty significant, I mean, there was a lot of significant moments to where I didn't know that I was going to be breathing in the next hour. Okay. You know, so honestly that. Yeah. Um, or having just the random thought, like, I, I like myself right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, that feels good. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Inside in my head or in my heart, yeah. you know, I'd celebrate that. 
Or it's like, I just drove past in the car a location that I always stopped at. Yeah. It's like, yeah. boom. And then years went by, and it's like, I keep driving past it. I keep driving past it. Yeah. Victory. Yep. I don't need to stop there anymore, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, I see someone on Facebook that used to be a friend. Sure. I don't need to scroll past their page anymore. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just little things like that and um, changing music that I'd listen to because music yeah. is a very powerful trigger for a lot of people for different things. Yeah. Good memories, bad memories, tons of stuff. So changing music. Um, but it's, a lot of people have asked, like, again, early on, um, breathing was the first one. Yeah. Because I didn't want to breathe and I didn't think I was going to be breathing much longer. And then after that, it's like eating. Very basic life necessities yeah. when you're on the brink of yeah. not thinking you're going to be alive very much longer. Yeah. It's like, man, I can actually enjoy food right now. Yeah. Because there was a time where, you know, physically I, I wasn't at a point that I could do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would celebrate stopping and eating. Yeah. Which is good. It sounds bizarre. It no, sounds no, very no, strange. But here's know? the thing, though, Bye. is people who are going through this, mm-hmm. you and I are years out mm-hmm. of that first day, right? Yeah. That's it's easy to be. Believe. It's easy to be like, hey, I haven't looked at pornography in a while. That's fantastic, you know. Yeah. yeah. But that first day, wow! I've I've gone five minutes without mm-hmm. that picture in my head. Yeah. Right. I've I've gone a day. I've done my. For me, it was I've done my therapies, and I haven't wanted to stop doing my therapies, hmm. which are the things that keep me alive. Um, well, I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think, you know, and it's, it's those parts of our story, you know, especially if you've been walking with God for any number of years, it's those parts of our story I think we, I know for myself I can diminish and just be like, man, you need to be where I'm at now. Yeah. But recognizing, remembering those first days going, okay, I I do remember those times. I remember the I remember the day when I realized I'd gone a full day without looking at pornography. That's awesome. Or or thinking about it, like mm-hmm. not just looking at it, but like actually thinking that's I I want to do that, and how important that was. Yeah. Right, because it, it I, I it was interesting. I was telling the pastor who had who was counseling, counseling me. He's like, Nate, be honest. How often do you think of going to pornography? How often is this a reality for you? And I said, probably less than every five minutes. It's just Mm -hmm. this constant voice, picture, whatever Mm -hmm. it is in my head. And so, and I, I imagine the same thing with any addiction. Mm-hmm. It's just that nagging, I'll never get rid of this picture. I'll never get rid of this voice. I'll never get rid of this temptation. I'll never get rid of the desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first hour where, where I was like, oh, hey, it's been an hour. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> wow, right? Like it, you, you do, you breathe that sigh of relief. You breathe that, you feel like you're breathing again. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean is, is those are the real parts of our story who someone who is entrenched, who feels completely hopeless. I remember laying in bed, looking at Lacey, going, I will never be free of this. <laughs> I can't, I cannot. She goes, can you picture yourself free of this addiction? I'm like, nope. This is just something I'm always not going to be tempted by, but I will always be shameful of, and I will always feel weighed down, mm-hmm. that weight, that pressure. I will never be free of it. That's how completely hopeless I felt, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to the people who are in that moment saying celebrate, celebrate that, that breath. Yeah. Celebrate so. that, you know. Because that's a victory. That's a big one. Do it, <laughs> and we know that, and, and it's, yeah, it's, and so... To me, you know, I'm 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 a huge advocate for celebrating things. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like get yourself a steak and go like it's been five minutes. I'm I mean, vegan, Nate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna bring up ice cream, but even that's not vegan. Well, they have dairy free ice cream. Go out and eat a blade of grass to celebrate Bermuda, to be specific. No. <laughs> a dandelion. I don't know. Um, no, but it's you know to me. 
I'm such an advocate for celebrating. And obviously your celebrations get bigger and, it, you know, like you're saying, you know, the five year, but man, that first moment. Yeah. Um, dude, thank you so much. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for being honest. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's you mentioned shame and that just popped the thought up is like I'm one of the ways I've combated shame because there's lots of shame with the past that I have. It's very easy to slip into that. Very easy. It's embarrassing. Um, but it's like the more I share it, um, in appropriate context, there's something yes. you know, you yep. I think being prayerful and mindful of how you're sharing with whom and all that. Um, but it's like that that shame dissipates the more open and transparent yeah. I am. It's like I, it's what I went through, sure. It wasn't yeah. fun, but it's like and if somebody sees that, and then the more community you create with that, the more kind of total victory you're going to give yourself <laughs> and other people. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that it's hard to not be ashamed and embarrassed, but it's like yeah. that's something that Satan uses to keep you yeah. from growth. Well, what's what's uh, one of the big things I've I've really I, I I had to almost as a mantra, like in the beginning when I started sharing my story of of being addicted to pornography is uh, I am leading the conversation. I am leading the conversation. Hmm. It, you know, if someone's like, Hey, did you hear, did you hear what Nathan looked at? Yeah, I did. Cause he told me <laughs> like, you know, it's, yeah. I'm leading the conversation. There's nothing anyone has on me. Cause I, I've probably already shared it, <laughs> you yeah, know? And, and yeah. I think you're right with that being appropriately vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to talk about um, my struggle with pornography differently on stage in front of 5,000 people than I would sitting face-to-face with a guy who's struggling with pornography. Yeah. I'll I'll get into the details. I'll get into the the things that led me there, right? Like, all of that, how deep it went. Mm -hmm. Um, But being that vulnerably vulnerably appropriate. I said that right. I think so. Vulnerably. Your look of doubt cast a doubt on me, so I'm like, dude. It's like once you say a word long enough, you're like, oh, wait, am I saying that right? I just, I have to ask, can you say the name Ellen, please? Ellen. (laughs) Did I do it? That was closer. Ellen. There it is. You know what I have to do? And we've regressed. You know what I have to do? (laughs) You know what, when you asked me that question, you know what was in my brain? Mm. Apple. 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 Ellen. (laughs) Did I do it? I think maybe I'm tricking myself to how you said it first because I initially heard you say Alan. Alan. L. Alan. L. Can you say Elmo? Elmo. But that's Ellen. There it is. Yeah. That was correct. No, that was Ellen, like Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get you to say. Yeah. And can you say Alan? Ellen. Okay, we'll work on it. I had to say Apple first, though, to get the right ah in (laughs) flat. You know I'm uh, from the Midwest up there, and uh, you know we. Oh yeah, we, sure, you betcha. We talk about uh, you know the long O's and the vowels, and the you know the, you know I got my friend Ellen, Ellen and Ellen. You know what I have a problem with is well, well and well. I have mm. a pet well in my well. Oh well. That hurts my head. All right. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye.